Uh, last week, we started talking about the concept of Christ and his message being followed as the foundation and the only way to have true fellowship with him and the Father. The whole concept of 1 John is having fellowship with the Father and with each other. And how do we do that? Uh, if you'll look at verse 4, kind of to get us back into what we were talking about last week. John says, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Joy comes as we hear God's word, his truth, and then obey. Is that you? Is that what comes to mind when you think about joy? Is it hearing God's word, hearing his truth, and actually obeying it? Is that what brings joy? joy to your life. Brethren, that's what we must be about. Brethren, if we are the called out people, if we are children of God, we must set our minds to understand joy only comes when we do what is pleasing to the Father. Amen? When we get that point, when we get that uh, thought in our lives and that becomes who we are, things in our life start working. And what we will see, it's really the beginning of uh, the message. Uh, The title is The Message Declared, but this is the beginning of the process that John wants to reveal to these little children of the faith. He wants to give them some things to help them and encourage them to do what is pleasing to God and therefore have this real fellowship with God. The word fellowship here, and I want us to just think about it, it means joint participation. It means a partnership with another or association with another. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and you're doing what you're supposed to do, especially when it comes to doing God's will, we have something in common. Amen? It's very noticeable and we can see and immediately grab on to, hey, that person is a child of God. Look at the things that they're doing. Look at the things that they're saying. Look at the way that they're acting when nobody is around. John is writing so those in the first century as well as us would know how to obtain this real fellowship with the Lord. And I want us to look at verse 5. It says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. And I'm not going to go into this a lot, but I still want you to think about what we talked about last week. In Matthew chapter 17, James, John, and Peter go with Jesus up onto this high mountain. And something happens. Jesus is transfigured before them. The Bible tells us that his face shone like the sun. Could you imagine walking with somebody, and yes, you've seen miracles, you've seen these things that have been done, and then all of a sudden, you're asked to go on top of this mountain, and then you look at this man, and all of a sudden, his face starts shining. How would you feel? What would be the reaction? But not only does his face start shining like the sun, but his clothes become as white as light. Would you be normal? 
Would your reaction be normal in that? Oh, man, that's just, I mean, that happens all the time. It's an incredible scene, right? It's an unbelievable situation. Here John is looking at Jesus with his face like the sun and his clothes as white as light. And then, even to get even more spectacular, Moses and Elijah show up and begin talking to Jesus. Peter is so confused, he wants to build tabernacles for him. Uh, Lord, just let me build you guys some type of shelter where you could stay in. And in mid-sentence, as he's talking, look at what happens. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud. Have you ever had a cloud come over you and then a voice talk out of that cloud? I would, I would say you probably haven't. But here this cloud comes over them and it says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. What a powerful thought for John as we fast forward into this lesson. John says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. Could you imagine the next thing that Jesus asked those disciples as they came down from the hill, from this mountain? How would you react if you just heard God Almighty speak out of this cloud and then all of a sudden the one that you're supposed to hear asked you to do something, you'll probably respond something like, absolutely. I'll absolutely do whatever you say. Because of what happened to them, they fell on their faces and they were greatly afraid. But the beauty of that story is Jesus is the one who comes and comforts them. Jesus is the one who is there to help them through this situation. And here we are in the first uh, in First John chapter one, and Jesus and John says the things that we heard Jesus saying, we want to declare. To you. So what's the big message, Matt? You've built it up all last week. You talked about all of the things that they've seen and heard and looked upon concerning the word of life. What do we need to know to have fellowship with one another? You ready for it, brethren? Here it is. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Really, Matt? Yeah. Really? What does that mean? What does that mean that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all? Well, the first thing to consider is this is the basis. Let me give you an example. Hey, I want to show you this invention that I got. Now, I want everybody uh, to close your eyes and I'm going to turn the light off, right? So the light's off and your eyes are closed. And then I begin to describe this invention that I've got. It's a pretty big invention. You know, I can hold it with both of my hands. It's got a little bit of weight to it. Uh, it's got some wings on it. Now these wings, and I go into this elaborate explanation of what this invention is. Now your eyes are closed and the uh, lights are off. So you can't see it. What begins to happen in your mind? You start to imagine what this looks like, right? You start to have this picture of what this invention looks like. But now when I say, look, 
turn the lights on. And then I step forward and I show you this invention. It's probably not exactly what you were thinking about, was it? Nothing is really understood until it is understood in the light. Amen? I don't know exactly what that invention looked like until the light was on. And when I saw the light on and I looked at this invention, I saw what it really looked like. God is absolute light. Why is this the basis? Because if you're going to go any further into having any type of fellowship with him, you have to understand who he is and what he's about. He is absolute truth. There is no dark, hidden spots in him at all. What is the main value of light? It's to help you avoid danger, isn't it? It helps you to reach what you're going after. If you're in the cave and the light's off and you're trying to get out, what do you need to be able to go through this cave the right way? Get the flashlight, man, so we can get out. Turn the light on so we can see where we're trying to go, so we can avoid these rocks, so we can avoid these situations. What about darkness? Watch this. Watch this. Just give me a few minutes, brethren. What about darkness? Not sure what you may stumble on in the dark, huh? And I've used this before. You ever stubbed your toe getting up in the middle of the night trying to go do something with the the lights off? You're not quite sure where stuff is. You may think you know. But darkness is full of threats. It frustrates your ability to attain your goal. The first picture that John wants to set before us is the thought that when we want to have real fellowship with a real God, he's not a dark God. He's not one who holds back truth. You remember what Jesus said? Every single thing that I heard from my father, I wanted to tell you. Why? Because he wants us to be completely successful. He doesn't want to hold anything back. He wants you to have the ability to have all things understood so you can apply it to your life. He wants to keep this joy in your life all the time. So the stumbling blocks, the cliffs, those low-hanging branches for the mo guys out there. Those temptations, they become fully exposed so we can avoid them. Think about your life. Think about the situations that you've got going on in your life. Is there sin present? Is there some sin going on in your life? We're going to elaborate that on in a minute. But our joy, as John is talking about, is secured in God because there is no darkness in him. There's no hidden agenda. There's no small print, right? You ain't got to read the small print with God. He wants you to, here you go, have it. (laughs) Read it all. I'm going to give it to you so you can be successful. Because I'm cheering for you. Because I'm rooting for you. 
Jesus came into the world to help us. John 3.19 says, and this is the condemnation. Here's the real, that the light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Think about your life. Does this even really matter today? Does coming, as James said, and worshiping God really a big deal to you? Here's the real talk that the light has come into the world. And the reality is, and the sad thing, and what makes me just tear up, is that men love darkness rather than light. Really? You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, and you just go and live however you want? Seriously? I love darkness rather than I love light. I can't even spiritually discipline myself to do anything that God wants me to unless I want to do it. So look at what happens. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Look at verses six and seven. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Look at this approach. These verses draw out the approach or the application for our lives. Here's the application, brethren. It gives a negative way and it gives the positive way. This is big time, man. You want to grow spiritually? You tired of playing around with loving Jesus and just saying it? If you want to really love Jesus and you really want to make application for your life and you really want to go change the world, here's how it goes down right here. John is real in what he says. This, this is incredible. Look at the negative. Verse 6. If we say... Brethren, don't look around. Don't think about nobody else. Think about yourself. Be real selfish right now. Think about only you. If you say that you have fellowship with him and you walk in darkness, the Bible says we lie and do not practice the truth. What does it mean to walk in darkness? 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, and we'll get to it later on. Watch this connection. It says the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. And then just a couple verses down in verse 17, it says this, and the world is passing away, same Greek words, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now think about that. What is walking in darkness? It's being controlled by the desires for this world instead of the desires for God. When this becomes who we are, we lose sight of what fellowship with him really means. 
And if fellowship with God isn't a big deal, this lesson will just not be uh, that important to you. But if we really want to have fellowship with him, we develop a mind that doesn't see things the way the Lord sees them, and we lose having the same desires as him. If we don't walk in the light. You know, if we don't have those same desires as the Father, then we don't cling to what is good, but we cling to what is evil. We can put up the front, but God knows our hearts, doesn't he, brethren? And he says that if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. But look at the positive side of this in verse 7. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If God is light and in him is no darkness at all, then he is the bright pathway to happiness. Amen? He is the deliverer from all dark dangers. Amen? He is uh, and becomes what we desire. Here's the lifestyle for a Christian. The walk that we should be about when we come out of these waters of baptism. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, two things should be happening continuously. We have fellowship with God. Verse 6 shows that what destroys the fellowship with God, John 3.20 says, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Isn't that true? If I'm doing things that I'm not supposed to be doing, if I'm doing things that are contrary to God's word, then I don't want to be by the light because I don't want you to know what I'm doing. But look at the positive. It says, but he who does the truth comes to the light. I'm not ashamed of the light. And his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. And when I come to the light, when I understand what God has done for me through Jesus Christ, I can come to him and know if I mess up, that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. When you obeyed the gospel, when you came up out of those waters, you were forgiven. You were added to the body of Christ. And every time you mess up in your life and you sin, you have the ability to have your sins forgiven. Amen? No amen? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Amen, brothers, right? Sisters? I mean, we have the ability to have our, is that not an exciting thing? Y'all sleep? Huh? I love y'all so much. But he who does the truth comes to the light 
that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Here's the blessing of being in Christ Jesus, is I can walk in the light, I can understand his truth, I can know the things that I'm supposed to be doing, and when I mess up, when I do things that are contrary to his word, I have the ability to ask for forgiveness, and it cleanses me every single time. Now, if I don't believe in God, if it's really not that big of a deal, this becomes irrelevant. It's not that big of a deal to me. But if God is real and you do believe in the God who made everything, then this becomes a real reality. You remember John said, if you do it any other way, you're not going to have fellowship with the Father and the Son. The only way that you're going to have real fellowship A real relationship with God is if you do it just like we say. And that sounds mean. That may even sound a little bit hateful or or, or stuck up. But what is John doing? He's trying to direct us and focus our minds all on the same point and be about the same thing. And when we're all doing the same thing, oh, the blessings that flow. If I can understand that I don't have to walk on eggshells, that I can walk confidently in my faith and know that when I mess up, I can ask for forgiveness, God forgives me. But when I lie in my mind and I say that I have fellowship with him, but I have no intentions of obeying what he's talking about and I just go live however I want to, what a dangerous place to be in. What a dangerous place to be in. Hebrews chapter 9, James alluded to the the Hebrew writer talking about the bulls and goats. And look at what he says. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? How much more? He doesn't have to anymore, does it? That blood is pure. That blood is enough. And so what we should be about as Christians is walking in the light and serving the living God. Because this is so true. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Look at the solution. Verses 8 and 10. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. And as we walk in the light, we will be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves. The claim, and listen to this, the claim to be without sin is self-deception. When a person is converted to the truth, it is what should be taking residence in their heart. It should be what should be consuming their minds. 
But that doesn't mean that immediately it drives out all the falsehood in our life. What it does do is when truth enters our life, the light exposes it. So if I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to do and I'm a Christian, the light is putting the spotlight on it and therefore I should look at what I'm doing and say, you know what, this isn't right. I need to fix this. I need to make this wrong right because I love the Lord so much. Hey, you know what, I'll just be honest with you. When I became a Christian, it was kind of hard for me to stop doing some of those things that I was doing in my life. You know, it's hard for me to change and start throwing those things away. And then as I continued to study God's word, those things started uh, becoming littler and littler. But guess what? Satan wasn't done. He started getting some other things in. (laughs) He started bringing some other things in my life, right? And if I wasn't careful, then those would overtake me. This is a never-ending process. Here's the reality, though. If you walk in the light, as he is in the light, what you know is I can be continually cleansed from my sin. And when I confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive me. When I repent, when I have godly sorrow in my life, and I say, you know what, I need to turn from that. I don't need to continue to live like that. I need to live how you want me to live, Lord. And I'm asking for forgiveness. Not only does he forgive you, he cleanses you. You know, if we confess our sin, we open up the door to real fellowship with God. We open up the door of forgiveness. We open up the door of cleansing. We open up the door of a perfect union with God Almighty. Man. You know, the thought that uh, once saved, always saved is true. If that is true, then this verse is irrelevant. You know, the thought that all our sins are forgiven in Christ, which we know that. But it is finished at the cross and no more forgiveness is possible. Hebrews 10.26 tells us something very powerful. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. If once I'm saved, I'm always saved is true, then it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't matter what uh, kind of lifestyle that I have in front of me. Because forgiveness becomes just, eh. But if I understand this verse, not my opinion, this is what the Bible says. If we sin willfully, if we've become a Christian, if we've become a child of God, and we've received the knowledge of the truth, and then we just keep doing what we are not supposed to be doing, the Bible says there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. The verse goes on to say, but a fearful expectation from a real big God. Is what we're doing real 
Or is what we're doing just a show? Is what we're doing something that we really want to be a part of? Something that we've really bought into? Is it something that we really care about? Or is it just hurry up, Mac? Come on, man. We have the ability to do things that nobody else can do in the world who doesn't have Christ. We have the ability. Are we excited about the opportunity or are we put out? Do we have too much going on? I say this all the time, but I'm just saying and I'm pouring out my heart and I'm not gonna stop saying it. And I apologize if it's just too repetitive. I apologize. But here's the reality. If we don't go tell it, then nobody's gonna know about it. He put us in charge. When Jesus was on the earth, when the apostles were here, they were about the business. Are we? I want to finish with verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And the word is not in us. I just say wow to this one. To claim that we have not sinned is not only self-deception, but it's blasphemy. It is straight up blasphemy. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As we close today, I want to think about something. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about what God has given you. If you don't remember any of my lesson, here it is right here. The main point. Jesus died for us because he loved us. Do we care enough to confess our sins to him and allow him to do what he came to do? Are we too prideful? Can we fix the problem? We enjoy it too much. Whatever it is, sin is a false sense of gladness and happiness and enjoyment. But it takes you down a road where the cliff falls way down. Let this be you this morning. If you're, if you're here and you're struggling, if you're here and you're not living the way you're supposed to do, uh, be as a Christian, if you're not thinking the way that you're supposed to think, think about Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We have a chance to be incredible. We have a chance to be impactful on people's lives. We have a chance to be the light that shines in the darkness. But will we make that a reality? Or will we just think, that's a great concept, man. 
That is awesome when you think about it. We have the ability to do it. And we have the ability to do it right now. Maybe you're here and you need to repent of something. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness of something. Maybe you need prayers because you're struggling with something. I don't know what's going on in your life. Make it real today. Change the way that you're living. Change the things that you're doing that are contrary to God's word. Make it right. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. He died for you. He died so that you could be forgiven and be added to his family and receive all the spiritual blessings that come with it. And the greatest being a relationship with him and heaven being your home. On the day of Pentecost, those who were cut to the heart asked the apostles, what do we need to do? And Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. If you want to be added to the body, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, come right now. Together we stand and sing.